limits. No limitations when you're going to the market. What do you deserve? You got nine dollars and a twenty dollar bill, which makes twenty nine dollars. You ever wonder what your barista does when they go home? Me too. Kat Melheim is creating a coffee table worthy magazine series about coffee people made for all people that answers that question. Coffee People Zine is a collection of artistic expression from inside the coffee community. Kat has experience as a barista and a roaster, um, but has now doubled down on this Coffee People Zine venture as her primary source of sustenance. Issue number nine has just been released in the last week. We're really excited to have her on to talk about the process of creating these magazines, getting them out into the world, creating connections with people, and growing a network to improve your business, but also to improve yourself and give yourself an even wider perspective and grow as a human being. The goal of Coffee People Zine is to spread positivity, creativity, change, and art. And it's also just a gorgeous collection of eclectic art that looks damn good on a coffee table. We have a nice long conversation with Kat about all these things and more, so stay tuned and enjoy. I don't have a whole lot for you today. It's raining here in upstate New York. Uh, tomorrow's the first day of July. We were a bit backlogged on these podcasts, so this podcast was recorded about a month ago, maybe a little longer. Um, and I've been really excited to get this one out for a long time because Kat is a, just a cool person with a lot to say. She's really active in the online community for coffee, sharing videos about learning how to brew at home. Um, you know, even though she's been a barista for a long time and she's roasted coffee and she's ingrained in, in professional coffee culture, she's not making a whole lot of coffee for herself at home. So come pandemic time, she kind of had to figure it out and she documented her whole process of, you know, following a recipe and how did it go and what, what could she do better next time in a very human vulnerable way um it inspired me as somebody who's learning every day a little bit more about coffee to not feel like you have to have that wall up and pretend like you're a professional it's okay to be imperfect because we're all imperfect and we're all learning one step at a time a uh, quick note just wanted to say thank you to everybody who purchased a highlight roast last time around. Highlight roast number two is a super success. We're so thankful for everybody who reached out to us and everybody who came and supported us by buying a bag of coffee. If you don't know, what we do is about once a month, we work with a roaster in our local area right now, maybe in the future, just across the United States. We work with a roaster that inspires us, that has something to say, that makes really good coffee, and we utilize our platform to put a spotlight on them and give them a chance to showcase their art and show that to the world. So what we do is we, we work with them to create an informational postcard that helps to tell the story of the coffee, um, both from a roaster's perspective and a producer's perspective. And it creates an approachable way for people who consume coffee to learn a little bit more about what makes their coffee special and why it's worth a little more money and why we call it that word specialty. 
Highlight roast number three is full steam ahead. We're working with Nick Fernia from Knockabout Roasters. Uh, he also owns Nomad Coffee and Crepes in Boston Spa. He is my favorite pick for up-and-coming roaster in our area. He's such a cool dude. He's got a great perspective, and he is a workhorse. The kid is 23 or 24. Um, he started his own business when he was younger than 21, and I'm really inspired by him. So we're working on Highlight Roast number three right now. And if you want to know more about it or you want to be first to know when it becomes available, go on to our website, scroll down to the bottom. There's going to be a little area where you put your email in. We don't spam you with a bunch of crap. It is just a way for us to let you know when stuff is happening with us. So if you're interested, upstatecoffeecollective.com, scroll down to the bottom, hit subscribe. We love you. Talk to you soon. Until then. Enjoy this conversation with Kat Melheim, a.k.a. Coffee Cat of Coffee People Zine. Peace. Welcome to the Upstate Coffee Collective, Cat. Uh, I am Matt Pfeiffer. My co-host here is Kevin Miner. We love to talk about coffee and people. And you have a magazine called Coffee People Zine, and that gets me really excited. How did you guys come across each other? Because you guys kind of like linked up over like Instagram, right? Like Matt basically was like, "You like coffee and people, and we talk about coffee and people. Let's hang out." Yeah. yeah. Okay. Was, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. yeah, I I I have been trying to delve into the the coffee community as a whole, which uh I don't know if you've noticed this cat, but ever since the coronavirus pandemic kind of happened, coffee has been a much more uh forefront topic in like social media. People are much more like th- there's almost I think uh there's a guy named Alexander Mills that I follow and he is always like I think he's mentioned before that there's almost too much coffee content right now that you can't even consume enough of it. But I came across you uh, just through that kind of exploration of coffee content over Instagram. And every I, I, I want to say it was a sort of stumble upon moment that I came across your stuff. I looked into kind of what you what content you were creating. I saw you made some videos. Um, you made some videos about the coffee expo that I thought were really cool. And you were also trying some, some brew guides, like, but on your own, you're like, I'm not super, like, I'm not super experienced in coffee brewing, but I'm going to try my best. And I loved that. It was very real because everybody, everybody tends to be so, uh, refined on Instagram. And I loved how you were just like, I'm trying this out, which is exactly what we're all about. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm guilty of, um, of adding more noise to the, <laughs> to the volume of, of coffee Us content too, out man. there. Us but uh, yeah. Um, yeah. With those, with those ones, I kind of, you know, like I, like you, like you just said, and I said in the videos, I'm really not much of a coffee brewer. Like I was a barista for a number of years and I was a roaster for a number of years, but I've never really brewed coffee at home consistently. Um, mm-hmm. Like this is, this is like the most I've ever brewed coffee. Um, and so I'm, I'm generally a curious person, 
So I was just like, okay, like what are these, you know, other people have brew guides, other people who know how to brew really well. How easy are they to do? How well do they work? Let me, you know, just give them a try and, and see what I can do. And so I tried to pick people who were my friends and people who are kind of are highly respected in the industry and who, you know, whose brew guides I would really trust. So and, and then I just made like my first attempt at each of their brews uh, to see, yeah, how I could do it. And I wanted to make it, it, there was definitely an aspect of, I wanted this to be approachable to people because right. yeah, I think a lot of times those brew guides are put out by people who are really highly respected or people like companies that are really big um, with the, and the people who are brewing are like competitors, people who right. coffee on the world stage. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to kind of take those and make it a little bit more fun, make it more approachable. And also just to show people like you don't have to be the best brewer ever. You know, like I, I messed up at least once in each of those videos and like the coffee still tasted great. I'm still, exactly. I, I had fun. I'm still enjoying it. Um, so yeah, I just tried to kind of break it down, make it more, make it more relatable. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, um, I love that you're doing that. And I honestly, you said you were a little bit guilty of adding to like the volume of the coffee info that's out there right now. But the <laughs> thing that I really like about how much is available is people kind of already had their algorithms programmed into like their Instagram and their Facebook. And so really a lot of the coffee content that people are getting, even if they're getting more of it right now, they're getting like people that they followed already, like yourself or like Matt did a really cool brew video where he just like sat down and like did a brew video by himself with Mac Ayers playing in the background. And that was cool. Mm -hmm. It was just peaceful. And he just mm -hmm. kind of like shared that with the world. And I think like, you know, however many people see that, they kind of take that and they're like, oh, that's cool. And maybe it just gets them a little enthused to have a little of a little bit of a more intimate experience with coffee themselves because they're watching other people sharing that joy and like that that gratitude for their coffee cup in the morning. Um, totally. Yeah, one thing I just yeah. want to get out of the way right early for our listeners and for people who don't know you that listen to the podcast regularly, we always like to ask people, who are you, how are you, and what do you do in that order? Feel free to answer, Great. total freeform answer. Great. Who are, who are, who are I? <laughs> who are you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Cat I'm Melheim. Um, and how am I? I'm doing great. I'm, uh, you know, dealing with, with the pandemic and the repercussions of that, I think, like everyone else. So there are some days that I'm really excited and looking forward to the future. There are other days when mm -hmm. I just want to sit and watch Netflix for 12 hours. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're all, I think we're all doing our best. Um, but yeah, right now I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I've got my coffee in hand. I've got my my favorite sweatshirt on. Having a good time. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. And then what do I do? Ooh, that's a big one. I do so many things. Yes, you um, do. <laughs> I'm excited for the love. Yeah, and I, I love as well. So I would say the primary thing that I do is connect with people. I build relationships and I ask questions. Mm -hmm. um, so the, 
the product that I create or the product that I've created kind of from that is called Coffee People Zine, which is a magazine that's it's really more of an art magazine dedicated to and by the coffee community. So it's all submissions by people who work in and around coffee or who are coffee enthusiasts. Um, And they send me art, drawings, poetry, photography, short stories, uh, doodles, comics, whatever, whatever they create, basically just to share the other things that we do outside of coffee itself. So I kind of like to say that coffee is the thing that brings us together, but then like, let's talk about the other things that also make us multifaceted, the other things that are interesting about us, the other skills and talents and passions that we have. Because, mm-hmm. so the, the reason that I started it, or the, uh, I guess, inspiration for starting it was that I was working in the coffee industry in Denver, Colorado, and I, through being a barista, I got well acquainted with other people who were working in the coffee industry there, uh, and then started traveling to other cities where there were also like bigger coffee events, uh, and started to get it, getting to know getting to know the folks who made up the coffee world, uh, at least in the in the United States in the consuming sector of the United States, and um, I. I realized that every time we got together, every time that we started a conversation, we really only scratched the surface and started talking about brew Mm. methods, started talking about the coffee that we were drinking or the coffee we were serving in our cafes or our work life or whatever. And then we didn't really go deeper. Like that was a good introduction to one another. It was Mm -hmm. a thing that was common, you know, a a common passion, but never really went deeper. And so then a friend of mine, had an art show in in Denver and I went to this art show and I was absolutely blown away by the quality of her work. Her name's Breezy Sanchez and she's a she's a co-owner of Amethyst in Denver. Um, and yeah, I just had this moment where I was like, wait a second, we've been we've been friends for years and I had no clue that you were so brilliant at right. all of this art stuff. Like what the heck? Because <laughs> she's she's super, super humble. Um, and she had mentioned that she did design and illustration, but yeah, mm-hmm. I just like, I had no clue that she was so amazing, um, at, at art and so creative. And so that kind of gave me two ideas. One was like, I want everyone else to see her work. And then mm-hmm. who else do I know? Do I, you know, get a coffee from every time I go into their cafe or see at coffee events every time I go to those, who else has these like hidden talents and passions and like skills and amazing things about them. And again, I guess, yeah, the, 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 what do I do? I, I get to know people and I, and I'm curious that kind of like those two things kind of came together in like, I don't know, energetically in my, in my mind. And I was just like, okay, what other people can I get to know better? How can I get to know who they are? more intimately, more, uh, like deeper and in other realms outside of coffee. So I was, I was super drawn to that because what I saw in coffee people zine was you, um, working to tell 
other people's stories or at least giving them a platform to tell their own story. And it's the story of who they are as people, not just coffee people, which is the main goal for what we do. Um, but in our case, for producers at Origin, um, roasters and, and cafe owners and entrepreneurs, the people who are making coffee, the hands that are creating that coffee, we often, especially nowadays in this new wave of coffee that that we're living through, um, we are giving more recognition to people, even all the way down to origin, to the families that, that farm. But sometimes it feels like a marketing tactic. Other times it feels like it's just a picture. Uh, and and the, the key to making your coffee feel special, you know, which is a part of the word specialty, is explaining... This is telling the stories of those people who are creating that that product. So that's been our goal is to through the podcast is to tell the stories of people, you know, who either work in coffee or outside of coffee. We, we talk to people from all aspects of the world and, you know, intertwine stories about how they, you know, maybe how they prefer to drink coffee or how coffee plays a role in their life. But outside of the podcast, what we do is we try to tell the stories of people who make coffee and make coffee feel special when you're drinking it. And so I, I was really inspired by your magazine because that, that, th there's so much linkage here. There's, there's so much of a common theme. Um, and it's under that, that work is underserved. I think there's a lot more work that could be done in that area. How long have you been working on this? And uh, Kevin, do you think should you Kevin likes to kind of start from the beginning and sort of tell the story of how you got to where you are? Um, if you prefer that, we could go that route. I actually okay. Here's here's how I was going to phrase the next question. You kind of gave us like the people side um, when you answer that question. You you delved into like what you do and you, you described it in general as connecting people, but then also like getting into the more specifics of it, it seems like you're kind of that person who has those aha moments of how to connect people. So the more important part of that answer was kind of, you you actually embrace that how, because a lot of people, their idea, they have the what, they have the, hey, I want to connect people, and I'm, these, these happen to be the things that I can use to connect them. But it seems like you've dug into that how, and you've kind of made yourself a liaison of creative and caffeinated endeavors. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would, so... What was what was one of if you can't figure out like maybe the specific one or maybe you do remember the specific what was the moment that kind of drew you into coffee in that way that eventually led you to you know this art show where you're like I'm gonna take coffee and people and I'm gonna connect them together like do you remember that impetus that beginning for you? Huh, that's a really great question. I think for me it was kind of a slow burn almost, or a slow coming into that. So my background is actually in social work. And I studied that in college, I have my, um, my bachelor's degree in social work, and then did that for a couple of years after college. Oh. Uh, mm -hmm. And then uh, I'm mostly working with, um, with homeless populations, specifically homeless youth. And Kind of looking back, I'm. It's it's interesting looking back because part of what I part of what I value and the reason that I did that is because I think that all people are valuable. I think yeah. everybody has 
something to contribute. Everybody, I want everybody to feel like they're part of something because I've realized, especially through my work with homeless folks, that a lot of times they're just cast aside. And so what I wanted to do in that space was to bring people in and make them just feel seen, feel heard, uh, feel part of, you know, feel, feel connected with somebody else. Yeah. And so, yeah, now when I'm here doing what I'm like, I I didn't start the zine necessarily with that, with that in mind, but now looking back, I'm like, Oh, Hmm, that's exactly what I'm doing with the zine. Like I, I, yeah. Um, like Matt, like you kind of said, um, like I, I kind of see myself, I don't see myself as telling the stories of other people. I see myself as constructing a stage and like encouraging people to step on that stage and to tell their exactly. own story, right. um, which like, be, because I don't, I don't see myself as a storyteller necessarily. There are people who can tell really great stories and I'm, you know, I'm maybe not one of them. But I, I want to open space for people. I also kind of see it as every zine starts out as 100 blank pages. And yeah. I'm just inviting people to, like, throw their shit on these pages. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and encouraging them and telling them, you know, your your thoughts, your feelings, your art, your creations are valid and can be valued in this space. And, like, you you should, you can, you can take up this space. Um so yeah, so back to back to your question, I think for me it wasn't like a oh coffee can do this. It was more of a slower realization of huh there are people here in coffee and there are people who have different who have different passions and talents here in coffee. And yeah. How can I learn more about them and how can I sh- connect them with each other and share their things with each other in a way that everybody can everybody can be friends <laughs> yeah. that is so pure and innocent i love that <laughs> <laughs> i know i look back and i'm like damn i should i should have been more deliberate <laughs> I, I, I really didn't like try i was just like oh i like things and i want to know more stuff so. <laughs> uh, but i think also being part of being part of the coffee industry and also the relational aspect of being a barista really kind of yeah. me into the coffee industry. So the reason I started in coffee was because I had been doing work in, uh, in the social sphere and I just got burnt out. Like I got, uh, the term that we use in, in like social work and things is compassion fatigue. So I was spending so much time like empathizing and having compassion for for people that I just like got super depressed and yep. lo- pretty much lost all hope in in the world um, oh. because especially working with homeless kids like these kids didn't ask to be homeless there were adults that were supposed to take care of them there were people in their lives that were supposed to be good to them that were not good to them and so it just yeah I started and, and then and then that you know, mess these kids up for, for a good long time. And, um, so I just started getting really yeah, depressed about that and like angry at a world and a system that would allow for so much, for so much damage and pain to be done to these kids who yeah. are just kids. Um, so yeah, yeah I, sorry. it's hard not to. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think I wasn't doing, I wasn't doing enough um, self care to kind of offset the, the amount of like mm-hmm. the amount, the amount of damage it was doing to me, just seeing, seeing what was happening with these kids. Um, so I realized that I got to this point of, of burnout where, and compassion fatigue, where I like, wasn't being helpful to anyone because I couldn't, I couldn't be, I couldn't be compassionate and hold space for these kids um, yeah, anymore. Totally. So I realized that I needed to take a, a step back. And the, the step back that I took was into a barista role because I was like, I need a job where, you know, in, in social work, you work really, really hard. And, but, but your clients have to take, make the decisions for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of times their patterns are so deeply ingrained that it's hard for them to choose, choose different patterns. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I, I felt like I was just like struggling so hard there to make an impact. So I wanted a job where in my mind, I was like, okay, I want somebody to come with me or come to me with a problem. I eat, they're tired and they need caffeine. I hand them a cup of caffeine. They smile, say, thank you. And go away, and like Bingo. I have an effect, <laughs> like, right? I have a direct effect right there. Love I, it. People are thankful and grateful. Like I don't have to get emotionally involved in their lives. I can just be like, "You have a problem. I will solve it, and you are on your way." Um, so that oh was what drew me to coffee originally. And then, you know, working in coffee as a barista, I realized mm-hmm. that with my with my regulars, I started creating really great deep relationships with my regulars and my coworkers. I was just going to ask that, like, like you must though, I was going to ask exactly that. You you must develop longstanding emotionally connected relationships with your regulars. And I'm sure sometimes they might even come to you with a problem like, Oh, you know, I'm, you know, you you say, how are you this morning? They say, I'm good. I'm ready for a cup of coffee, but also, ugh. and you're like, what's going on? And right. And then all of a sudden you're a social worker again for a moment. Yeah. They're, there actually has been a lot of crossover between what I learned in, in social work school with being able to really, I mean, honestly, the biggest thing that I've learned is just to listen and to, again, ask questions and to let people talk about what they are wanting to talk about. Because that's really, I think, in our world, what is missing like people people don't often just get the space to talk about stuff through working in cafes i've found a roommate out of a regular i there was there's one nice in denver who the first couple times that they came in um it's a, a a husband and a wife couple they were pregnant and then they had their baby and then i started babysitting for them and then even after wow. I like left that cafe, they had another kiddo and I babysat for I babysat for them for probably a good four years. Um, be, just That's because amazing. I got to know them and their family through <laughs> through serving them coffee. Connections are so super important. And the the more that I the more that I live this life, this culture that I've thrown myself into the the more that that becomes more true the more that it becomes true i i really truly believe that connection and community are like vital especially today in the world we live in with the internet and 
smart devices, personal, interpersonal connection. I, I, I can't stress it enough. And that's actually one of like one piece in that, that I wanted to cultivate with the zine as well. So in the, in the print zine with everybody's uh, like submission with their artwork, I include in their credit, the, if they want to, if they're comfortable with this, their name, their pronouns, the coffee shop they work at, the city and state where that is, and then their Instagram handle. So, so I want people to be able to find each other, like both yeah. on Instagram, but also like if I'm in whatever city and I, you know, remember, oh, this person, there, there was a person in the zine from the city. Like, let me go to their cafe and see if I mm-hmm. see if they're there. See if they're behind the bar, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually happened to me a couple of times. Um, yeah. Know, I mean, I have I have kind of a I see more of the art because I see every piece that comes in. Um, but when I go to a new city, if I'm like, uh, I don't know what you know, I don't know where to start with coffee. I'll And if somebody has submitted artwork from that city, I'll go to that cafe first and see if they're there. And, yeah, that's happened a couple of times where I've gone in and been like, are you? are you this person? Cause I have oh, emails, you know, I don't know what people look like. Um, mm-hmm. so, but yeah, I've been able to like personally in person meet a couple of people. The most recent one, um, was somebody out in LA. I also met somebody in Minneapolis that way. I met someone in Austin, Texas that way. So you've done a bit of traveling. Yes. I love to travel. What drives you to travel? Are you traveling for fun? Are you tra- obviously? I'm sure you travel for things like Expo and stuff like that. But what other reasons will you end up in a place like Austin, Texas, just to go? You know, just to check it out. Yeah, yeah, I love, love it. I love to, and I think this kind of goes back to my curious nature. Is I just love to know stuff, and I love to experience stuff. So any new place, new thing that comes up, I'm like, yeah, let me do that. I will jump in. So I've actually like being in quarantine and, you know, with, with travel restrictions and stuff, it's actually been like, on one hand, it's been good for me because I haven't had the option to go travel and it's made me kind of just like sit and be still um, because yeah, part of one, if, if a trip comes up, I'm like, yep, I'll go on it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, because because in a regular in a world pre coronavirus, you could just say, you know, I'm I'm dealing with something or, uh, you know, there's something in my life that's that's a stress to me. I'm going to jump on a plane and go somewhere else so I can kind of avoid it for a little while. And now that now that we're here, I found the the same for me and whatever anxiety or, or stress that I have, I have to sit with it and I have to find a way to deal with it in, in hopefully a healthy way. For me, it's been meditation. It's been um, taking things a little slower. I'm, I'm the kind of person that needs to, you know, be checking stuff off a list every day. And if I don't, I feel like, you know, it was a waste of a day. So I have been forcing myself at least one day a week to have nothing on my calendar and to sleep as late as I want and go outside and you know, it's so in upstate New York, we're finally the season's finally turning into something that's actually like like it is worth going outside for. You know what I mean? 
Um, so like the trees are blooming and it's a little warmer. So I'll go outside, I'll put on some music, I'll make coffee. And it's just, I, I, Kevin mentioned early in the podcast, um, this video that I did that I put on our IGTV where I just, I set up the camera in my living room and it wasn't a brew guide. I didn't say shit. I literally just sat down with some nice music in the background and brewed coffee. And my mom made fun of me a little bit because she she watched the whole thing and she was like, she's like, she made fun of me because it looked like I was meditating while, well, it looked like I was meditating while I was making my coffee. And I was like, because I was, because I literally was sitting there being mindful, taking deep breaths, smelling the coffee. That is so important. And I think it's a really big part of my self-care. And I think everybody are you what what's your self-care look like for you in quarantine yeah that's a really good question um i definitely definitely have been doing the slow down thing um i use the headspace app for meditation andy love that guy yeah yeah <laughs> so great such a calming voice i mean which mm -hmm. you, you must have for meditation um i I'm definitely doing more like physical, like exercise as well. For me, that's a, a really big piece of self-care, not just awesome. in quarantine, but um, I'm able to do, I feel I'm able to prioritize it during, during quarantine. I've discovered Yay. so many YouTube, uh, like YouTube workout, a lot of yoga. I've been doing a lot of yoga and a lot of running. Actually. Oh, nice. Yoga sweet. Yeah. I, well, and I feel like, so I, I started wanting to do yoga and I had done yoga like at a studio, like maybe eight or nine years ago. And, but that was before there was so much free content on YouTube. And so I've never really like looked back to YouTube and now I'm looking on YouTube and there, there are hundreds of oh, yeah. free yoga things. So yeah, I've been doing that um, both for, to kind of like slow down and for mindfulness and for, body work i i tend yep. to carry a lot of like anxiety and um like i basically i just like carry my emotions and i think we all do to a certain extent but um i carry my emotions in my body and if i don't have a physical release it just kind of like builds and builds so yeah i've i've learned ever, that about myself do you ever notice that you carry that in like a certain space? Because I know different like archetypes of people with different personalities, they'll carry their anxiety differently. Like some people will slouch and then like their hips and their lower back hurt. I carry my stress mm -hmm. like on my upper back, on my traps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do mm -hmm. you, have you ever noticed that about you? Like, do you have an area that you carry your stress? Yeah, I definitely like, like high energy stress. I carry it on my traps as well mm -hmm. um but then like the lower like more like dread and depression i carry mm. it in like the front like front right back. here yeah 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 yeah, yeah. oh yeah that's rough <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah. yoga's so, like, been helping breathing. though yeah yeah, yeah. yoga and uh, like breathing exercises through that um i've also had to for self-care had to kind of just readjust my expectations of myself. Because mm -hmm. uh, like Matt, you you mentioned to-do lists and you have to check things off to feel like you're being effective. I've had to, yeah, I've had to just tell myself, okay, in, in this time, at this moment, I'm not going to be 
as productive all the time. There are other days where I'm feeling super productive and I can, you know, yeah. I can knock shit out easy. Um, but then on the days where I'm not feeling, not feeling quite as like clear headed or not feeling quite as energetic, I've just had to adjust my, my expectations of myself and kind of be, mm. <laughs> give myself compassion and, uh, yeah. and a little bit of, of grace of like, okay, today is not going to be the day where you get all that done. It's so important because we're wired to be production machines to have something to show for our lives and in a normal world sometimes we would almost identify only with what we produce but we did not I always say my my wife is very type a and she she is dealing with this uh, quarantine a little worse than I am. She has a lot more stress about, she's a teacher. She teaches kindergarten and they did, they did this virtual learning that was a fraction of a, 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 like fractionally as effective as regular classroom teaching would be like. And, And she dealt with that really, really, um, hard because she she felt like she wasn't giving enough and I keep having to tell her which helps remind me that being happy and and taking care of yourself is as important as if not more important than what you produce out into the world and if you're doing the best you can in your production <laughs> the production side of your life then that is good enough especially right now it's so important to just be good to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, uh, I think that's a hundred percent right. And especially, especially when there's all of this, just like stress around us, it it can feel like there's just like so much like stress and energy. It can feel like you want to put that, especially if she's a teacher, I'm assuming that she's a helper. Like she wants to, help kids encourage kids oh my gosh yeah can't see that like if you don't have that direct connection like being in front of kiddos all day then like yeah you can you can feel so like helpless Mm -hmm. yeah it's a um it is an immediate um what's the word i'm looking for the she she sees the effects of her teaching immediately in front of her in the classroom yeah instant gratification thank you thank you yeah (laughs) Uh, Um, yeah hey um cat have you noticed that have maybe this is like a two-part question almost have you noticed that there's been a little less work that you've had to do for copy people zine or that the work that you're choosing to do it has also helped with a little bit of that self-help style because you're able to approach it a little more leniently and a, a little less uh, objectively with like list checking and stuff like that. Has that helped? Yeah, that's a really good question. So previous to coronavirus stuff, I was actually thinking, I've been thinking about how to adjust my approach to coffee people because it's I, there are a lot of other projects that I want to work on. And so I've, I've been wanting to spend less time on the zine itself. Um, mm-hmm. I quit my job, like my coffee job back in October to focus on the zine and try and make it my 
main primary like income source. Yes. Um, and, and I just like now after doing that for a number of months, I haven't been super happy with that because okay. there are other projects that I want to do. And so I don't want to spend like the, you know, Every the, day. I started the zine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I started the zine because it was fun because I was interested because I was curious. And then, I mean, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs or people who start things or who make their passion into their business run into this where it's like, it's not fun anymore because I have to mm. think about the money stuff and I have to think about how am I going to do this piece and I have to like, how am I going to maximize this bit? Whereas yep. like I did, I started it because I love connecting with people and I wanted to connect mm -hmm. more people with each other. Um, yep. So yeah, previous to COVID stuff, I already was thinking about how can I spend less time on it and not like quit it entirely but how can mm -hmm. I spend less time on it so I have more so I have more energy and excitement for it and yeah. more time for other projects I want to do. Oh. So so but being in quarantine has definitely and having travel restrictions and all has definitely made me look at how I use my time a lot mm -hmm. more intentionally. So one thing that that has done is at the beginning of every day I write out, I do, I, I write out my to-do list and every day it's the same. It's, I have to exercise for at least 30 minutes. I have to do a meditation and I have to read a chapter in my book. And mm -hmm. so those are my priorities. And then everything else gets done after that or gets done in between those things. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, it hasn't so much been a, like I have less work to do but I have prioritized other things differently. Um, and then I've also looked at, like I, right now I'm just gearing up to release issue nine of the zine. So mm -hmm. uh, submissions are still, submissions are open until the 20th of May. Uh, so that's Wednesday of this week as of this recording. Oh, um, cool. And then, so submissions are due then, and then I have a month to, put those all together in a layout and then send that off to the printer and then get it back. And so the official mm -hmm. release date is June 20th. Uh, the magazine date was pushed a week, but that doesn't matter now because we're living in the future and it's already here. So I don't know why you're still listening to this. Go pick up a magazine. So mm. actually right now, my amount of work is <laughs> much more <laughs> than, uh, Right. It, it must come in batches, right? Like it, yeah. you have downtime where you're collecting submissions and focusing more on outward kind of social media and and probably like marketing your your zine. And then when they all come in and you have to go through them, that's probably a lot of work. Yeah. So previous to like right now, I kind of reordered my priorities and realized that because, yeah, previous to quarantine and COVID and everything, I was like, okay, I'm going to take a step back. I'm not going to try and make this my primary income source. So I can kind of let go of the things that were taking a lot of my time and energy, which was looking for sponsors, looking for stockists, looking for like yep. promoting the subscriptions and stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take a step back from that. 
Um, but yeah, because that's the part that I just hate <laughs> the most. Mm, um, yeah, it can feel a little soulless sometimes, you know? Yeah, totally. I get uh, it. So, yeah. But now, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm at kind of a weird spot now because I was like, okay, I'm taking a step back. I'm not going to focus so in, like so hard on it. But right now I have to because submissions are starting to come in. And this is the part where it does take most of my time um, mm-hmm. and energy. But it's also the part that gives me the most energy. I get to open my email and I get, you know, 20 different pieces of artwork or poems or stories by people. And so, and then I just like sitting in my, my little office here, just like staring wide eyed at my computer, like, Oh, that's so cool. I actually, that's a perfect uh, segue. Cause I wanted to ask you what the process of creating the magazine from the submissions is like, uh, could you go into a little detail about that whole process? Yeah. So I collect submissions and basically it's just people email me cat at coffeepeople.org. They, send me an email or write to me on Instagram. Um, but I, I always have submissions open. So it's kind of a rolling thing. Submissions are always, always coming in. Uh, they all, they come in a lot more the last like two days of, of submissions. Oh yeah. Cause so people are trying to get into that, that yeah. issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm collecting submissions all the time. And then I have a, like a cutoff date that's usually five to six weeks out from the release date just to give myself extra time this time okay. it's only four weeks um because i wanted to give people more time to to get their art and stuff together um, mm. also because this issue is going to be issue nine and i uh decided to make it like focus on focus on content and art that was created during quarantine and during this time of covid mm-hmm. uh, because I, I just wanted to, you know, it's a, it's a strange and very atypical time that we're living through. So I wanted to yeah. give, I wanted to kind of give, like put focus on it and kind of mark this weird period in time with exactly. a zine that is just stuff that was made right now. Yeah. Um, it's almost like, be, um, oh, sorry. No, Kevin, you go ahead. I was going to say, it's almost like, uh, this, this issue itself is your own version of a time capsule. Exactly what I was going to say. This is like, this is going to be like, this could be an accompaniment to a history book, like a chapter in a history book, you know, it's uh, it's amazing. Yeah. And because, you know, a lot of, a lot of the people who submit to the zine are people who work in and around the coffee industry. And a lot of them right now are out of work um, or have been furloughed or whatever. And so they're at home either making more art anyway or are like don't know what to do with their time or and I also like I wanted to kind of give them a a pressure release valve or almost actually maybe more like a a reassurance that even if you were fired from your barista job you're not working as a barista right now you still are a coffee person like you still belong in this community Mm -hmm. just just because you're not you know making coffee behind a bar every day doesn't mean that you are doesn't mean don't that have value of being part of us yeah um mm-hmm. so anyway back to the back to the original question and so i'm collecting submissions um this time it's four weeks before the the publication or the release date and then mm-hmm. 
So once I get all of the submissions, I use Adobe InDesign and mm-hmm. have a have a a program, kind of a template where I pretty much am just dropping in all of the artwork, formatting it so it looks nice. I don't really have I don't have any formal design knowledge or instruction. Yeah. Um, but I just I kind of just do what I think looks good. <laughs> I think that's kind of cooler anyway. I agree. You're learning as you go. I love totally to see I and I I I should generalize and say people love to see um over time the quality factor go up just because that person whoever is making the content they're getting better at what they do. You can see that with podcasts, YouTubers and you know people creating a magazine. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely gotten better over over the years and learned little tips and tricks each each time. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I I plug all of those in. I kind of when I'm doing it the first time in the computer, I don't really have a like a format that I do that to because yeah. when I'm about to when I like I I'm a very physical like in person person, which is why I created a print scene rather than just like a digital thing or an Instagram page or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I do is once I get all of the pieces of work in the uh, InDesign file, I print them all out and then I like arrange them on my floor and I do kind of like a, I spend like a night just like looking at all of the stuff and like, Oh, this one page artwork would go really well with this poem. So I put them together and then I like Mm -hmm. kind of shuffle the paper until I come up with a, like a flow that Mm. I think works really well. Like if there's a bunch of stuff by roasters or stuff about coffee roasting, I'll try and kind of put that together um, and mm-hmm. then I also try not to put all of like, I try not to put all illustrations just in one bit, but I try and squeeze mm. them out. And so, yeah, I just kind of, I, I kind of do what seems the best. And that's kind yeah. of the fun of it too, is that each issue seems to come together. Cause I, I usually don't have a theme, but each mm-hmm. issue seems to come together and flow in ways where I'm like, whoa, this really the- works. Um, that's cool yeah it's super fun so so then i take that and i go back to the indesign file and reorder the pages mm-hmm. and then i sent that send that off to to my printer i've used a number of different printers over the years um but mm-hmm. right now i'm using a an online printer called mixum m-i-x-a-m they have okay. really um they have really great prices print print media is very expensive oh yeah. <laughs> to, yes it is to do Oh yeah, um, but they 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 have really great prices, and um, I've had a really great experience working with them. Um, so awesome. yeah, then I, I I send that off to them, and then they send me the the finished print product. Uh, I try and there have been a, a number of times where I've run really close to the to the deadline to the release date. Oh yeah, um, but uh, yeah, usually I try and. I mean, I just, yeah, I, I run up against the time far, far too often because I'm, I want it to be, you know, exactly perfect. And I, if I might have to like flip these two pages, but I won't like decide that until like the last day. And, um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then I, I do a release usually this time I won't be doing obviously a release in, in person, but in yeah. previous 
times. The first year that I did the zine, I did all of my parties in Denver, Colorado, which is where I was living. And then uh, last year in 2019, I did a release party in Portland and I did a release party in Austin, Texas. Oh, awesome. Um, and I, I kind of, yeah, it was really fun. I did, I did like a full weekend of like parties and events in mm-hmm. both of those cities because uh, I kind of wanted to, I wanted to make a bigger, a bigger deal of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, this time I'm thinking about, and I need to make this decision soon <clears throat> so that I can start promoting it if I decide to do this, which okay. I'm, I'm going to do this, but okay. uh, I haven't promoted it yet. So this is, this is exclusive, exclusive uh, info. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. You guys, you guys are the first to hear. Uh, oh, I'm going to be doing an, like a virtual release party for the release I, day. I was hoping you'd say that. I was also hoping you would say that. Yeah. I, do, I don't know exactly what the format will take. Like if it will be a bunch of zoom meetings or if it will be a bunch of Instagram lives or, okay. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure that out at yeah, that's, this point, but that's um, some tricky coordination on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool though. But that's a nice challenge. Personally, I've realized that, you know, now with quarantine and with social distancing and people being far away, you can actually have so much wider of a reach because yep. more people are home or, and more people are you like more people are used to now calling into events or watching things rather than having to be there in person. It's the primary way of communicating now, right? It's the only way that you can get in touch with people. So all of a sudden now where it was a secondary, you know, in your free time when you're not interacting with people like it physically come look at me, you know, do stuff on Instagram or YouTube or whatever. Now it's like, this is it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. So I want to kind of utilize that and and invite people from all over people that I wouldn't necessarily like people that wouldn't necessarily I wouldn't be in physical space with them like if I were throwing a party in Denver mm-hmm. um, so yeah I'm trying I'm at this moment I'm trying to like expand my mind of like what are all of the possibilities and how can I make all of the things all of the big things happen so yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Release party. I'm excited it's like for the you. Last, uh, yeah, I think it'll. I think it'll be great. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's the process of putting a zine together, and then I kind of. So I have a subscription available. So then, once the zines come to me, yep. then I send them out to all of my subscribers. I do pre-orders as well, and so I send those out. Um, oh, that's awesome. Kind of all. It kind of all just reset. <laughs> And then, I, cool, then I do though. it all again. <laughs> yeah. That's super cool. Um, I'm I what strikes me and is really cool is uh your zine is kind of you you know the sun. Are you familiar with the sun, the publication? Yeah, yeah. You're you're kind of like that. the sun, but for coffee people specifically, because it's very much yeah. the same like it ends up having a flow and there ends up being a theme, yeah. even though like uh-huh. on the first ten pages you're like you're like, Okay, that was a nice short story and here's a nice poem. Okay. Yeah. And then like you get to the end, you're like, Wow, that whole thing was really about geese. All right. Yeah, totally. That's cool that you're doing yeah. that specifically for coffee people because I feel like there's a lot of people in the coffee industry who fall into that category of having that creative power, like you were talking in the beginning. Yeah. If you were to um, 
just kind of like say someone listening to this is like, I'm interested in grabbing that magazine. I'm really like, I'm almost about to like, just go on her website right now and get a subscription. What's like the thing that you say to people who ask you about your magazine that are interested in it, that you think would really draw them in and really like makes coffee people scene stand out for people. Oh, that's a really great question. Good question, Kev. I I didn't I didn't vet Kevin's questions before this. So. <laughs> I no, okay. That's so a great, yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. That, no, well, because to me, it already question. seems like there's I... yeah, there's already so much there that like uh, yeah. in my mind, there's already stuff that's sticking out. But like, I was just wondering if like you have if you've had this come up before, where someone comes up, they're like, I'm really interested. I'm just like, I'm not a hundred percent. I'm ninety nine percent sold. What do you have to to give me, Cat? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I, I think. In my mind, it's about the community and the connections. Yeah. So it, it's about inviting people into like, do, do you value do you value creativity and community? Yep. Then like, be part of this. Yeah. Is is go. kind of more of that, but I that's a that's a really great question. Because also, like my my initial reaction, like in my mind, when you said if somebody approaches you and said they're ninety nine percent on board, like I'm almost like, hey, if you don't, if you if you're if you're not there, you're not there. But like, yeah, it's yeah. really fun. <laughs> I so I I I got a one of those right now. You're doing um, a sale on two packs of your zines, and so I went and I I went ahead and purchased that. So I got. I think your most your two most recent um, coffee people zines, and I was reading through it. My first, in like my first knee jerk reaction was like, "Oh my god, uh, this is a really great coffee table book." <laughs> like aside from the fact that it is inspiring and it is in depth and it's like real vulnerable um, creations of real people. If you wanted to get really like the reason I bring this up is Kevin, your question about like how do you sell somebody on it that is maybe ninety nine percent of the way there. Kat, you said you said like well if you're ninety nine percent like I want you to be a hundred percent of the way there. But let's say maybe somebody isn't in it for the right reasons. You could even just sell it as like this is a really sweet like really good looking coffee table book. Like I would love to just. I have it on my coffee table right now because it's good looking. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really great that's a really great uh, insight because I yep. think I think that yeah, there's kind there are kind of there are multiple layers to the zine and it can serve multiple purposes. Like if you are if you're somebody who loves to travel and you want to go to all of the cities of contributors you know, all the places where the contributors live and connect with the people who've put their art in the zine, you can do that. If you want to just like look at pretty stuff, you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's there's definitely multiple, multiple uses. And my, my original, I guess, rule for submission was if you work in coffee, your submission can be about anything at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you don't work in coffee, like if you're a, a, prosumer or you just like really love coffee then the submission should be about coffee so the interesting thing i think is that not all content is about coffee 
itself. Right. Like yes. some of it, some of the poems or some of the things are just by baristas. And yep. so coffee is what brings us here. Um, so, but, but yeah, so anyway, that, that makes me think of like, there, there's an underlying, underlying, um, like foundation mm-hmm. of the coffee community of like people in coffee Yep. But then all of this stuff is just really, it's really nice to look at. It's really beautiful poems. It's really great stuff. And so, yeah, I, I like that. If, if you want yeah. a really great coffee table book, it will because work for that too. Exactly. Are you familiar with Hodinkee? It's a, it's a coffee table book about watches and cars. Hodinkee, H-O-D-I-N-K-E-E. Hodinkee is... Do you have um, this book, Matt? I do. I have a subscription for it because I'm I'm a little bit of a I'm a little bit of a watch geek. I don't have the money to spend on fancy watches, but it is a like ten out of ten, like the most gorgeous coffee table book you could ever have. But Mr. I would say nice like watch. Yeah, I I own only twenty dollar watches, but one day when I'm a bajillionaire, <laughs> I'm gonna buy some fancy watch. Okay. Anyway, I would say coffee people zine is like the hodinky for coffee. Yeah, that's that's it. Go check it out and you'll 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 get what I'm saying, because I mean, they're a little more curated. It's a little less free form. It's more like articles about cars and, you know, watches and shit about rich people who buy stuff we can't afford. But <laughs> it's really nice to look at. It looks great on a coffee table. Yeah. So yeah. I can tell you that's really uh, here's here's how I'm going to. Because not only am I going to subscribe to Coffee People Zine and grab my mom one because she reads The Sun. And I'm like, this is just The Sun for Coffee People. Um, And so because she has The Sun, I always get her old copies and peruse them. And so now I'm going to what I'm going to do is I'm going to get Coffee People Zine and then I'm going to pass her coffee. I'm going to trade. I'm going to be instead of just taking The Sun from her. I'm going to go, here you go. You get the Coffee People version now. Give me The Sun. Um, Because she always she's always pointing out stuff in that anyway. And it's always these people that you like they're not published authors they're not like making the you know times bestseller list on a consistent basis like some of these people who pump out a novel a year but some of the writing and some of the art is just so brilliant in it and the one thing that like really sticks out about your magazine to me is like if someone were to ask me they're like they're like hey i really like i like that interview that you guys did with her well what made you get that magazine? I'm just going to go, have you ever wondered like what your barista or your roaster does when they go home? Like get yeah. this magazine, that's, you know, like, <laughs> because always, that's what they're doing. They're making these cool yeah. things. And this is your chance to not just support them with like a tip in their tip jar, but to actually support them through their art and to support other people in the coffee industry who are doing other things, who are doing coffee on a day to day, but they're, you know, they're, um, what's the term night lighting or moonlighting you know this yeah, is this yeah, is the yeah. moonlighting opportunity for coffee people yeah. that's a brilliant question that have you ever wondered what your barista or your roaster does when they go home i'm gonna have to like use that on okay like on something that's good that's yeah please be do. A, a new tagline or something kevin's head is just full of fucking taglines <laughs> like that i always say kevin's like my biz uh, he's my salesman you know, like, and no matter what, he can he can turn you. You can turn a phrase, my man. Kevin and I used to play music together and write write music. And yeah, sometimes I'd come to Kevin and be like, 
I've been working on this song for three weeks and I cannot figure out a hook for it. <laughs> and he'll be like, let me hear it. And I'll play it. And he'd be like, all right, play a G. Yep. And then a C. All right, right, check this out. And then he would just spit something out. And I'm like, what the? Come, three weeks, Kevin. That's, That's three awesome. weeks. <laughs> That's brilliant. Do you guys have like a SoundCloud or a Bandcamp or? Oh my god! Uh, how? Matt, how do we get access? I don't know where that song is. So Matt and I used to play acoustic music. I'll I'll tell you what. After we're done with this, I'll send you the most recent thing I did on SoundCloud, and I'm not gonna like give you any preamble about it. Oh, but, okay, I'm uh, <laughs> a little excited, a little nervous about that. Yo, it, it'll definitely <laughs> throw you off. Like it's we'll it's send like some right. stuff. Here's I'll pepper in two things. It's '80s and it's horror themed. So yeah, yeah. All right. I remember this. I I'm actually really stoked for you to hear that. That's gonna be cool. Okay. Well, uh, I'm really interested. We were talking about this earlier. I want to get to what's in your mug, cat. What are you drinking today? Yeah. What are you enjoying? Because you you said a word earlier, and I'm gonna grab onto it now. That uh, my interest. You said lacto fermentation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I'm. Yes. Let's break down what's in that mug again. What's up? Yeah. So this is Amethyst Amethyst Coffee's um, Del Agua, which is a project by La Palma Yeltsin in Colombia, and okay. it is a lactic fermentation, lactic natural fermentation. So Ooh. what they do is they have found the ideal conditions for uh, this particular bacteria and yeast to ferment the coffee and the byproduct of that it is lactic acid so they don't mm-hmm. actually they don't add in lactic acid or anything but nope. the the natural byproduct of this fermentation is lactic acid which just gives the coffee a really really delicious creamy mouthfeel it mm. uh, it pumps up those fruits especially from the natural fermentation mm-hmm. um, or from the natural processing with the lactic fermentation um, mm-hmm. And so basically they put this coffee when it's still in cherry in big, huge tanks, and then they control the temperature, the pH, the moisture, the like all of the conditions and <sighs> keep it like keep it perfect so that this bacteria and yeast can uh, create the most maximize their lactic acid production yep. in the fermentation. Oh, it's so good. Kevin's dreaming yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah, I lacto fermented coffees so far over the past like year have been making like my top tens of like coffees mm-hmm. that I'm drinking uh, consistently, and it's because mm-hmm. of that control factor, and it's because of that yeah. that process, that fermentation. I th- I really think fermentation is like part of what's coming up in coffee as far as like becoming more mainstream. You know, mm-hmm. I think Absolutely. you're going to see that happening a lot more. And not only that, the big thing that you pointed out that I really love is they're doing it so that it's a little more eco-friendly as well. There's less water mm-hmm. involved, which is mm-hmm. such a huge movement to be going toward, especially like as, you know, times move forward and less fresh water becomes available. And we're trying to sort that problem out as a species. I think as yeah. people who are engaging in a luxury product to say, hey, we're doing the best that we can to enjoy the thing that we like, but then also be ecologically friendly is a huge thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what's it taste like? Oh, it is. Well, I've, I've just reached the end of my cup now. Um, uh. <laughs> but it's a, it had some really delicious 
plum, like uh, like dried plum, almost like prune like, um, mm-hmm. fruity, just like mm. yeah, purple purple fruits. I like I like to describe coffee in colors. Um, and then also it had a really great like molasses brown sugar sweetness. Mm. It's a really sweet coffee. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think those are probably like plum and plum and a brown sugar sweetness were the most predominant. And it's just it's really smooth. It's yeah. like there is there is no there's no acidic spike or yep. bitter like uh yeah, it, it, it doesn't hurt your tongue either on the acidic or on the bitter side. Yeah, there's not that like um, that texture that pulls moisture or makes your yeah. your mouth feel dry or like creates a tart biteness or any sort of like mm-hmm. sour note. Yeah, that's probably mm-hmm. the best yeah. part I've noticed about lacto fermented coffees that I've had in mm-hmm. the past like half year. Yeah, just super, super smooth, silky. So good. Just it like you're you're able to fully, I think for me fully enjoy the coffee itself mm-hmm. without like tactile things taking away from it. Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. Uh, Matt, what you got? Just hit me with what you're drinking and everybody okay. knows that I have the hot version. So. You do have the hot version, right? So I've been experimenting now that it's getting warmer in upstate New York. I've been experimenting with flash brewing iced coffee. Um, I did it today in my Chemex and what I brewed was, um, it was an Ecuadorian coffee from the oh man, don't do this, Matt. The yeah, the Loja region yeah. of Ecuador, which mm-hmm. is like in the south, right? Um, the producer's name is Carla Garcia. She is we actually have been communicating a wonderful with her human email. being. <laughs> She's so sweet. Um, she was nice enough to answer some questions that we had for her over email. Kevin even went so far as to as to email her originally in Spanish, which yeah. he All right. He, yeah, I went out of my way and out. I just like and I just like sent a, a email in like full Spanish and, and then she was like I and then like she sent back is it better to continue in Spanish or English? So I went back through and I out of like a little bit of insecurity, I reread my original email to make sure my grammar wasn't horrible. Like she wasn't like <laughs> Is it better for He's English like, um, because you suck at this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but luckily, but this, no. She was just like she's bilingual, and um, she was just she's a pleasure a pleasure to talk to. So. Oh, nice. Absolutely. This coffee, um, this coffee came through really well as an iced coffee. I was I was really surprised. What um, you got in it, there? Tasting notes. Tasting notes wise, uh, so I get a lot of vanilla. Um. And citrus notes. They also say on the on the bag uh, the the roaster, um, Aaron Lopez, our friend at Stacks Espresso in Albany. He he tastes lemongrass in there, which I don't have a lot of experience with the with the flavor behind lemongrass, so I don't get that. Um, but it also it I a secondary note that we agreed on when we were cupping it was uh, like a citrus, almost like an orange or an orange rind kind of a flavor. And it's very silky. It's got a fantastic mouthfeel. Um, this coffee is a Tipica varietal. Yes, I believe. Yeah, it's Tipica. Um, I I freaking love it, and I'm super stoked. We we bought like 50 bags wholesale from these guys, and st- this was the first round of our our highlight roast retail series for coffee, where we we sell coffee wholesale, but then we like you, we we're very. Uh, 
we are very stoked by kind of tactile physical objects um just creating a little bit of a of an extra connection to the people who made the coffee where it comes from so we we created these little informational postcards that talk about the roaster and the company plus the producer and a little bit about the coffee yep Cool. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, this Matt, fantastic. since I've got the same thing you've got, you had one more coffee that you were talking to me about earlier, and you did that oh, yeah. as a flash cold brew, too. That was Mike Milliron's uh, coffee that he gave you from Iron Coffee Company. It's the Ethiopian, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's Ethiopian. Did he finally tell you? Uh, no, I finally remembered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he bas- Kevin basically showed up at Iron Coffee um, and I'm sorry, where is this? Where's Iron Coffee? Hoosick Falls. Hoosick Falls, New York. And so he showed up and Mike just like threw some coffee in a bag for him, told him about it apparently, but well, he didn't label it. Yeah. So well, I showed up to support them because Matt and I, we've been doing this whole thing where we go around and we support our local coffee businesses. And like yeah, here yeah. and there, we've yeah. been going out of our way to just drive around one day and like stop by each one and grab like a bag of something or like a little mm-hmm. thing or like a bar of chocolate or whatever um mm-hmm. anyway matt i'll let you i'm sorry <laughs> you can continue oh no you you're you're the one who went on this adventure so so i stopped in to just get like a couple of sweatshirts and then i like i was walking out of the store and i was like wait i need to buy coffee and i walked back in and i'm like <laughs> hey can i also buy coffee and i didn't realize this but i had walked in exactly like two minutes before they were about to close. And I was just like, yeah, I'll have like sweatshirts. And they're like, okay, cool, great. And I walk back and I'm like, hey, can I have coffee too? <laughs> and they're, <laughs> they're like, honestly, get out of here. Right. No, they were super cool about it. Um, Mike's actually, he's a really awesome dude. Um, he He's obsessed with like uh, motorcycles and like really like, you know, that like robust, like cigar, yeah, yeah, yeah. tobacco. Yeah. So nice. yeah, getting into that, Matt, what's it taste like when you make a cold Yeah, cold so... I'm surprised it's an Ethiopian because I've never I've never had an Ethiopian uh, roasted dark. I would say this is like tending into the dark roast, which uh, you know how culturally the pendulum swings one way and then we'll swing the other way. So as as a quick example, we fell into a digital age where we kind of, you know, magazines are going out of business. Newspapers are going out of business. Now we're starting to appreciate the tactile, physical nature of a magazine again, hence the coffee people scene. In the same way, um, we fell so far left into the light region of, of roasting coffee that we forgot that you can roast coffee darker and still have it be a quality like beautiful cup of coffee which is exactly what's happening in this coffee it's dark it's got those classic you know cocoa nib um kind of like you know a little bit of a tobacco flavor but it's not bitter and it doesn't it's not harsh it actually finishes super smooth and has a nice body to a little bit of a heavier body for a dark roast. Do you do that, Kat? Do you do that with your coffees? Do you do like, um, like you'll you'll brew it hot and then you'll brew it maybe a little bit differently and then you'll do like an ice pour over? You, you know, I've never actually made like a flash cold brew, but now I'm getting pretty excited to, to try it. All right. Uh, I've been, yeah. I have, I usually brew on Chemex or V60 and uh, right now mm-hmm. living at home, I'm brewing coffee for my parents as well. So I usually like in the morning, I'll brew a, a Chemex for everyone. And then mm-hmm. 
couple hours later, I'll brew a V60 for myself. And if my mom or dad wants another little sip, then they can have some. And then mm -hmm. in the early afternoon, I'll make myself an AeroPress. So I've kind of been doing like the same coffee in those three, uh, those three brew methods. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I haven't really done the ice, ice pour over. I have been wanting to do, and I have this on my list um, for, for YouTube. I'm trying to get into more like video content and things as well. Yeah. Um, I've been wanting to do uh, like comparative brewing. So like brewing yes. the same coffee in the same method, but just different techniques, kind of like a callback to those videos that, that Matt, you referred to earlier uh, where I brewed coffee from like other people's techniques, but I want yeah. to do oh, like yeah. three, like three Chemex techniques, like straight in a row and then taste them together like oh you know, yeah james hoffman's chemex technique and then onyx coffee labs chemex technique oh and then Lico, yeah. Is, yeah, yeah 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 um so but yeah so I've, I've been wanting to experiment more with with brew techniques just to see what the what different the different ways it can express itself the same yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah that's awesome matt we got one more question what's your jam cat what are you? What kind of music or podcast? What kind of audio content are you jamming right now? I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, okay. And but most mostly not coffee podcasts. Um, interestingly enough, I Ooh. listen to I listen to a lot of like economics and psychology podcasts. Okay. So, uh, if, do you know Freakonomics? It was, a, oh, yeah. it was yep. a, they have a book. Um, I listened to Freakonomics Radio. I listened to Hidden Brain, which is a really interesting psychology podcast. Invisibilia. Uh, every week I listen to This American Life and Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the kind of, you know, standard, yep. standard um, NPR podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Wait, do you listen to Planet Money? I don't, but I've been meaning to start. I, I need to start that one. Solid. If, if you're into yeah. economic podcasts, that's like my, one of my favorite NPR podcasts is Planet Money. Because it's not what you think it is. Like you think it's a, like yeah. a straight economics podcast, but it really delves into like, um, like one of my favorite episodes was about the violin that got stolen that was like worth a million dollars and why certain violins are worth more than others. And like, Ooh. yeah, super cool. They, they, they really get into the science of why things are worth certain things sometimes. And it's yeah, really interesting. Yeah. And that's, that's the kind of thing that I like, like the, where, where it kind of blends. So it's, yeah, like Freakonomics isn't so much an economics podcast as it is like a behavioral, behavioral economics. Yeah. It's like sociology. Yeah. 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 And it's it's like why people do what they do mm -hmm. in uh, the sphere of that, like that, how they value things. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'll have to check that one out. Um, and music then I wise. listen to like, yeah, music wise. I listen to um, have you heard of your Smith? She's a she's an artist. Oh, Georgia Smith or, or J.O.R.J.A. No, it's why. Why? Oh, you are. Oh, Your no. Smith. Oh, no. yeah. She's. George she's Smith. an artist from yeah check her out she's Digging her out. she's great uh she's an artist from kind of the twin cities area in well not from the twin cities but she lived here for a, a good long time uh and then she was in la for a while but uh, okay i started listening to her she started out kind of as a folk musician um interesting in like like 10 years ago i listened to her and now yeah. she's more like yeah, more like, like pop pop music, pop okay. stuff. 
Uh, but it's super fun. And then what else? I've just been listening like Spotify radio stuff. Uh-huh. Like like if it's a rainy day, I'll put on rainy day Spotify. Or if uh, I'm going oh, cool. for a run, I'll put on like, you know, like high energy. <laughs> the cardio Spotify. workout playlist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> You're like, yeah. be my DJ Spotify. Thank you. Yeah. Like going back to the music question then and tying it back into the zine. They're oh. also for the past four issues, I've put together like a, a mixtape of music by coffee people. Oh, um, cool. So I've been listening to to a bunch of those. I think those are all available uh, on the on the website. Basically, I just connect with coffee people who are in bands or who have solo projects. And then I ask them to pick like one song. Uh, and oh, then that's I, awesome. I have like a landing page on the coffee people website mm-hmm. that you can and then I like link to their Spotify or their Bandcamp or whatever. Um, oh, great! So I've been listening to some of those as well. But yeah, that's that's a fun. It's a fun way to pull pull the music and the the coffee people together as well. Matt, what are you listening to? Um, I am listening to Mac Aarons nonstop. Ayers, Ayers. A Y R E S. It, it might even be like A Res, and we're just not even saying right. <laughs> like who knows? Yeah, man. I. So here's here's what we were doing. So Kevin and I were were doing local deliveries of the the coffee that we were selling, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. and Kevin goes, Matt, I I saw I I heard this guy on Spotify, uh, and I immediately thought Matt would like this guy, and described him to me, and I was like. Oh, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, sure. You know, anytime Kevin uh, Kevin has music suggestions, I usually will take them because he's got a, a great ear for music. So thanks, buddy. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Throw it on, and I fell in love with him. I cannot <laughs> stop listening to this fucking guy. He's great. He's I had so, a feeling so that was going to be your thing this week. I got to say, my jam. Uh, yeah, what's your jam, I, Kev? I dude, earlier in the week, it was that new Kalani album. Love it. Can't say enough about it. It's great. She did a great job with the production. Um, but honestly, the past like 24 hours, because I went out on the boat with Dan yesterday and I've been like doing a lot of driving, going up to my family's property. And oh, probably, probably the Dave Matthews band, right, Kev? You know it, buddy. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> Kevin I, makes fun of DMB all the time. My, my family's big DMB fans. Can't say enough about him. Go ahead, Kev. That's great. <laughs> uh, DMB is the Tom Hanks of music. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Tom Hanks is an American legend. That's great. Uh, I've been listening to, uh, do you guys remember Jamiroquai? Like the old, the old school band from the nineties. They had that video of virtual insanity where it looks like the singers like being moved around this room and he's got this big like fur hat on. They were on the MTV music Uh awards when we were all like kids. Um, Uh uh They had this album called Synchronicity, I think, or Synchronize or whatever it is. Uh, it was like their second big album. And there's a song on it that was huge in like Europe, but never became like a like the a number one single over here in the US or anything. It's called Black Capricorn Day. And for some reason, I feel like anytime I hear that song, I'm like, this is like my theme song, man. Like I love that song so much. It's so funky. And then right hey. after it. Yeah, right after they have this song called Soul Education. And I just like, I hear those two songs and I'm like, man, I need to meet this guy and become friends with him because I love everything he's doing. All right. I love it. Kat, is there, um, is there anything else you want to put out into the world about Coffee People Zine or projects you're working on? What does the future look like for Coffee People Zine? How can we find you? X, Y, Z. What do you think? 
firstly, Instagram is where I am probably most active. Uh, yeah, that's how that's how we got hooked up. So uh, find yeah. me on Instagram. The the Coffee People Zine Instagram is at Coffee People Zine. Um, zine spelled Z-I-N-E. And then my personal Instagram is Coffee Catherine uh, spelled well coffee and then k-a-t-h-r-y-n um i do i've been doing more on there i've been trying to kind of uh separate or kind of differentiate the zine from my personal coffee endeavors because uh, oh, yeah. i want the zine to really be focused more on the people who are contributing to it um and so that i've been doing more content on my own channel of like random brew things or food things that i'm doing Mm -hmm. um, so people can find me on those two. I also have another Instagram called Roasters Apprentice that I've kind of, it's kind of like dormant right now, oh. but um, I want to be doing more with that. I just don't know exactly how that, how that's going to look in the future. Um, so yeah. basically I started it as a way to put a bunch of like roasting information that I was learning when I was actively working as a coffee roaster. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you can find me on those three platforms. If you want to buy the zine, subscribe to the zine, get the past issues, the website is co uh, coffeepeople.org. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. coffeepeople.org. Coffeepeople uh -huh. And yeah, I have all of the past issues on there. I have uh, a subscription. I also have a, like a stockist, um, a stockist list where oh, cool. different coffee shops can, you know, buy a stack of five, 10, whatever, and then sell them in store. That's kind oh, of that's again, awesome. dormant right now because a lot of shops aren't open right now or aren't open for, um, yeah, for, yeah. for people to hang out. So, um, but yeah, people can find me there. If you, if anybody out there has a coffee shop that wants to bring coffee people in, um, mm -hmm. wants to become a, a stockist, they can reach out to me. Uh, I'm also really like active on, just my email. So people can email me at cat, K-A-T, at coffeepeople.org. Uh, and then oh, I just awesome. recently started a YouTube uh, channel, which yes. is, is still, yeah, it's, it's like a work in progress. Again, like you referenced before, you know, I'm, people, people look back at like, if I look back at the first issue of the zine right now, I'm like, geez, Louise, that's terrible. I don't know. I didn't know. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> where I'm at right now with the YouTube. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not putting together really great videos yet, but they're yep. pretty, I think they're pretty funny. Um, I'm, I'm kind of just using that as a as a way to experiment with other. Other outlets, other forms of media. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, check out my check out my YouTube. It's what is it? I think if you search coffee cat, it should come up. Um, yeah. So I think those are the, those are the main things. Uh, the website, the Instagrams, the YouTube. Um, I'm, I'm wanting to do more. Like I have referenced a couple of times, I have a bunch of other projects that I want to do, but I'll talk about those. If I, if I have time, energy and funding to do them, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll be promoting those on my social media and on YouTube and, stuff like that so yeah um uh, people hey. can just uh, and we'll bring yeah, you back to talk about them too yeah Absolutely. yeah <laughs> i was gonna say when travel is available again like i'll have to come and take a come take a trip up coffee to tour and yeah Ooh, yeah, yeah that would be so much fun 
We'll take you all around. You can meet everybody. Like, it's such a cool, honestly, the upstate culture, like, we're so amazed by the people around us. That's why we even exist in the first place. Like, I can't say enough about every single person who's, like, active in the upstate coffee community. Like, they're so cool. We talk to them on a week-to-week basis, and they're always happy to meet new people who work in coffee, so. Love it. Yeah. Small but mighty, baby. That's right. Uh, Matt, I do not have anything else. Take us out, buddy. Thanks for listening. With me, as always, Kevin Miner and our guest today, Kat Nelheim. Kat, we love you. You're super interesting. We can't wait to see what's next for you and what's next for the coffee community. If you want to find Kat, head over to our show notes. I have links all up in there, um, linking to her Instagram pages, her YouTube, and of course, coffeepeople.org her website where you can go and sign up for a coffee people's zine subscription you can buy the magazines one off but why do that why put in all that effort when you can just put yourself down for a subscription and get wonderful beautiful coffee flavored visual stimuli thanks for listening see you next time